Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, I'm Claire Murphy. This is The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. The voice referendum is now just nine days away. And with early voting now underway across the country, it seems support for the yes vote has started to climb. But has the no campaign's if you don't know, vote no strategy hit its mark? And are we still unsure of change and what that might mean? A no result would be extremely detrimental. And I feel like one of the messages I'm trying to convey, especially over the last week, is you're not saying no to the government you know, which a lot of people get a kick out of, you know. It's sexy, it's fun to say no. You're saying no to blackfellas. That's what you're saying no to. Today, we look at the arguments that tried to convince us to say no in the past, how they align with today's no campaign and what might go down for First Nations Aussies post-October 14. But first, in news headlines for Thursday, October 5. While rents are still going up across Australia, experts say we are starting to find a ceiling as renters get close to the maximum they can afford. National rents, as tracked by property data firm CoreLogic, increased by 1.6% in the three months to September, down from 2.2% in the June quarter. The pace of growth winding down despite vacancy rates or the number of rentals available on the market still at record lows. A shortage of listings combined with more people moving to Australia and less leaving are being blamed for the low rental availability. Data showing there's a need for as many as 70,000 rentals to put the market into a healthy place. The judge presiding over Donald Trump's current court action has ordered him to take down social media posts talking about courtroom staff. Trump wrote a post about Judge Engron's principal law clerk on Tuesday, the judge imposing a limited gag order and commanding all participants in the trial not to hurl personal attacks at court staffers and demanding Trump delete the disparaging, untrue and personally identifying post to which Trump complied. Attorney General Letitia James, who Trump also often posts comments about on his social media platform, is seeking damages from Trump regarding accusations he inflated the value of assets, including Trump Tower, to the value of $250 million US dollars and a ban on him doing business in New York. A 
Russian TV journalist has been given an eight-and-a-half-year prison term in absentia for protesting the war in Ukraine. Marina Ovsyanikova was employed by Russia's state-run Channel One but was placed under house arrest after picketing in the Russian capital Moscow in July last year, holding a sign calling Putin a killer and asking how many children have to die for him to stop. A video of her also went viral last year after she stopped an evening broadcast with a poster saying, Stop the war, don't believe the propaganda, they are lying to you. Ovsyanikova managed to escape Russia with her daughter and is now in hiding in France. Golfer Lexi Thomas will become the sixth woman to join the men's PGA Tour after accepting an exemption to play next week's Shriners Children's Open in Las Vegas. The 28-year-old is one of the longest hitters in the professional game, averaging 270 yards off the tee, and has won the women's equivalent tour 11 times in the past. She was the youngest woman to qualify for the US Women's Open in 2007, age just 12, and the youngest woman to become LPGA champion at only 16. Thompson says she's hopeful her ability to play with the men sends a message to young women that you can chase your dream regardless of how hard it is. Singer Ed Sheeran has sung in the change rooms and pulled pints behind the bar at the football team he's become the shirt sponsor for. Sheeran, a longtime fan of the Ipswich Town Football Club, became the shirt sponsor for both the men's and women's sides in the 2021-22 season. And following the men's 3-0 win, keeping them top of the championship, the singer went down into the change rooms where he sang his hit Perfect along with the team and then jumped behind the bar to serve fans in the club. In an interview with the club's official channel before the game, he also also said he'd been teaching at his old school that day and that he was glad to be back in England and back home. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. On Tuesday, the entire country's early voting centres for the 2023 proposal to amend the constitution to enshrine recognition of Indigenous people and a voice to Parliament opened. A Guardian Essential poll showed support for the yes vote had increased by two points from 41% to 43% over the previous two weeks, while those who were backing the no vote had dropped two points down from 51% to 49%. The survey included 1,125 voters. We're now in the final two weeks before the actual polling day on October 14, after which the result requires a double majority to approve a constitutional amendment, which means a majority of votes in a majority of the states. So, for example, at least four of the six states need to have a clear majority response in order for the change to be passed. The last time we did this was back in 1999, where 11,785,000 Aussies voted on whether or not Australia should become a republic and whether or not to include a preamble in the constitution that acknowledged First Nations Australians as being on the land before European settlement. On whether to become a republic, only the ACT returned a yes vote majority. For the preamble, not a single state or territory voted majority yes. The No campaign had been very successful in 1999, while all the polling in the lead-up to the Republic referendum showed the majority of Australians supported it, it was the model that was presented to us and pointed out by the No campaign that made many change their vote. Instead of a president elected by the people, 
the president would be elected by parliament in exactly the same way they elect a prime minister. The no campaign's argument caused division and created a space where those who didn't trust the government to make such decision turned from a yes to a no. Experts say that this argument can now be seen in the No campaign for The Voice when we hear that Parliament can't be trusted to implement The Voice to Parliament and that somehow it will be changed into something more aggressive after we vote yes. During the marriage equality plebiscite, the No campaign brought in arguments around boys being allowed to wear dresses to school and children being forced to roleplay as same-sex couples, neither of which were relevant to what Australia was being asked. Similarly now, the No campaign for The Voice have brought in arguments around the banning of Australia Day celebrations and land grabs. When you look back at other referendums, the No campaign tactics align back more than 100 years. A flyer from the No campaign during the decision on whether to give women the right to vote explains how 90% of women didn't even want it and explain how it would divide the country between men and women rather than unite us. Get back to the kitchen! The same is being said about Indigenous Australians and race division in 2023. The No campaign back then described how giving women the right to vote would be of no benefit and expensive, that in those states where women outnumbered men, it would place the government under petticoat rule and that it would be unwise to risk the good Australia had already had for the evil which may occur. This aligns with the No campaign now, saying that the voice will be toothless and expensive and that it will give one part of Australian society more power than others. And if you don't know, vote no. As of right now, of the 44 Australian-wide referendums held, only eight have been successful, including the 1967 referendum on whether to change the constitution in relation to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people being counted as part of the Australian population. That one passed with a majority of 90.77%. So where do we find ourselves in this referendum to recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the constitution and establish a voice to parliament? Briggs is a rapper, actor and activist who self-describes as Senator Briggs, a proud Yorta Yorta man who's been campaigning for the yes vote. Briggs, we keep hearing how this voice to parliament will help close the gap. Now, for many Aussies, whose only interaction with First Nations people might be seeing someone like you on TV, for example, what is the gap and how does this voice help fix it? Well, the gap is the disparity between Indigenous Australians, you know, blackfellas and white Australians or the rest of the country. You know, we're two or three times the suicide rate. We're behind the eight ball within the health system. Homelessness is a big issue and all these things that affect us exponentially within Australia is disproportionate to, you know, the population. You know, that's why we have a closing the gap report in bringing these things, you know, education, health, and all these things that a first world country gives us, <laughs> bringing blackfellas, you know, to parity is the goal. So this referendum is not a magic wand that's going to fix that overnight, but it says here's an advisory group to help direct the government in how to engage with communities in closing the gap and meeting those measures. There's a lot of conversations happening in a lot of different directions around the voice to parliament at this point in time, and you have been very vocal in saying we need to diffuse the nonsense. 
Mm. How on earth can we do that? In this day and age where social media pretty much dictates where we get our information from, it's really hard to figure out what is truth and what is not at this point. How do you diffuse the nonsense? I just try to uncomplicate things, you know, like diffusing the nonsense around the conspiracy things that get peddled online to quote some of these cooked units, that it's a UN land grab. Like, what does that even mean? And when you ask them, when you ask these individuals online, they don't even know what it means. They're just regurgitating trash. So I just try to diffuse the nonsense by bringing it back to the core argument. Things like we already live in no. No is now. You can see no right now and it's not working. No does not work. We're in it. We're doing it. And they say this referendum will divide the country. How could it possibly divide the country even further than what it's already divided? And they've peddled this scaremongering no causes uh, will bring us together. No is unification. Like how is that possible when no is now? I just try to cut it down to the simple fact like I'm talking to my mates in the pub. I want to bring it out of the mud of parliament and bureaucracy and bring it to the core of what people are talking about in their lounge rooms. They're not discussing the sanctity of the constitution that they haven't read. They're discussing whether or not they value blackfellas. That is the principle of this referendum. If that is the principle of this referendum, how damaging are some of these debates for communities around Australia right now? Yeah, I feel like it's extremely like volatile. Blackfellas are often, you know, the political football. You know, I kind of grew up in it. So I understand what it is and it doesn't affect me like it might affect the next man. That's why I can do the things I do. If the no result prevails, we won't notice it on the 15th of October. You'll notice it five years when boards have reshuffles and new governments and there's new CEOs within the industry and there's new chairmans, you know, that might be a little bit more conservative that leaning towards, uh, we don't have to discuss Indigenous inclusion in this because the country said no. We don't have to worry about how this might affect Indigenous people because the country said no. Jacinta Price said there's no ongoing negative effects of colonisation. This is just straight up dumb. Then why are you the shadow minister for Indigenous affairs? Like, go get a job that makes sense then. Stop taking taxpayers' money. Go get a real job if you're just there for set dressing. What a dummy. So, Briggs, you're going to be hosting a gig in Shepparton tomorrow night with some very big names. You know, you've got the Hilltop Hoods on board, Jimmy Barnes. Like, this is massive. But what we do know about the polling is that it seems there is quite a generational gap in voting yes and voting no, that it seems older Australians are leaning towards no, younger Aussies towards yes. When you're putting on gigs like this, how do you attract that older cohort who are in the no camp into listening to what you have to say? Because let's be honest, they're probably not a huge fan of your (laughs) your work or the Hilltop Woods, for example. How do you get those people to listen. I'm very aware. I know my audience. (laughs) That's why I asked Jimmy Barnes and Paul Kelly. Like these guys created the soundtracks to these Triple M listeners' lives and they believe in the vision that we collectively have. Like the way the gig started, the way this show came about was I asked Paul Kelly if he would do a show in Shepparton with me around the referendum, obviously, and he said, yep. And I reached out to Mahalia Barnes and Jimmy and, yeah, they were on board. Like, that's how it come about. I personally asked everyone on the lineup if they would be 
interested in doing this show in solidarity to share our vision. It was no more complicated than that. And then it got complicated because you got to like put a show together because like now that we've got, you know, 5,000 plus people coming, you know, we've got to have a decent production. We've got the three biggest promoters in the country coming together, genuine competitors, you know, who see the worth in amplifying this message. And you've already kind of touched on this with the sort of fallout from if the response does end up being no. But I know Luke Pearson has written about this quite extensively on Indigenous X about the healing that will need to be done in mob after this. Do you feel like when you're saying no to this referendum, as you mentioned, you're really saying no to supporting, you know, Australia's First Nations people in general, what does that do to the psyche of a community in the aftermath of that? No just reinforces racism in this country. So the trauma and the interpersonal kind of racism that blackfellas face on a daily, and then you've got the systematic racism that controls the system that we're trying to undo, and it's evident, like it's statistically racist. You can look at closing the gap reports and understand that it's statistically racist. A no result would be extremely detrimental. And I feel like one of the messages I'm trying to convey, especially over the last week, is you're not saying no to the government, you know, which a lot of people get a kick out of, you know. It's sexy. It's fun to say no. You're saying no to blackfellas. That's what you're saying no to. If a no prevails, it won't be, you know, the progressive no's that are cheering the loudest. Like, you won't even get a statistic on the board for the assist. You know what I mean? Like, we know who's going to be cheering. If you're giving the same answer as Hanson, we've got things to talk about. When you read through the comments of any social media after anyone posts anything about The Voice, a lot of the commentary will come from other white people who say, I've spoken to Indigenous people around me and they've said that they're voting no. Or there's a lot of, like, speak to any Indigenous person in your life. They'll tell you that they're actually voting no. <laughs> I mean, I don't believe is that nonsense? I don't believe them. That's just flat out. Like, anyone can say whatever they want on the internet, on socials, and produce no information, no proof, no evidence. It's just nonsense. Like, show me who. Because, like, all the black folks around me, yes. You know, if you want to go back to the polls, they said over 80% of black folks want it. That's a pretty good majority. So it'd be interesting to see, like, who they're talking to, if anybody. Because I've seen their rallies and f*** all people go. So interesting. Unless everyone's talking to the same dudes. <laughs> Just finally, we are nine days out from this vote. What do you, Senator Briggs, want people to know about this referendum decision? No is now. We already live here in no, and it's not working. Yes says that we're going to work towards a more unified country, a more unified society, and better outcomes, not just for black fellas, but for everybody. Everybody benefits when the collective <laughs> is winning. Everybody benefits. This isn't about us and them, black and white. It's about what we want to present to the world as a nation. What do you believe in? What's the ethos of this place? Don't get caught up in drama and conspiracies. Ask people how and why. If they say it causes division, ask them how and why would it cause division? Make them answer to their claims because they often don't produce any evidence at all. Hold them accountable. We've got 10 days to do the right thing. We've got 10 days to collectively together 
write a piece of the future for ourselves. So take that opportunity and do the right thing. For details on the show in Shepparton that Briggs is putting on tomorrow night, hit up the show notes. The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon.